Hello, and welcome to the Newbie Dentist Podcast, the safe place for newbie dentists to connect, collaborate, learn, and grow. The Newbie Dentist Podcast aims to provide high-quality and high-value content for all the newbie dentists out there. With your host, Dr. Omerizami. and welcome to the Newbie Dentist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Omid Azami, and I am really excited today to be interviewing Dr. Sarah Sweetnam out of Vancouver, British Columbia. How are you doing today, Sarah? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Um, so we'll just start off, give us a little bit of background about yourself, um, sort of uh, you know, what you did for undergrad, what, where you decided to go for dental school, and, um, you know, and we'll start from there and then we'll, we'll sort of jump off from there. Perfect. Uh, so I grew up in Northern Ontario, just outside of Thunder Bay. I did my undergrad at Western uh, in London, Ontario. And then I went to Nova Southeastern in Fort Lauderdale, Florida for dental school. I had a childhood dream of sunshine and it somehow all worked out. <laughs> and now you're stuck with the rain in Vancouver or it's not too bad? And now I am totally stuck with the rain. <laughs> you had a few good years in Florida. So. I did. I know. Awesome. Missing the beach awesome. so much right now. Yeah. <laughs> So it's cool. So, I mean, we just found out uh, we went to the same sort of school for undergrad. Um, and, I mean, just uh, talk to me a bit about your sort of journey from, you know, getting into dental school and the different choices that you had and ultimately, like, why you ended up going to Nova, uh, where you ended up going. Uh, so my parents actually went to, they're both dentists. They went to UFT and they had recommended through friends everything. They thought that it would be a good idea for me to try going to the States. Um, just for clinical experience, for something new. So I applied to um, schools in the States that would accept Canadians, and I also applied to dental schools in Australia. Um, my top choice in Australia was the University of Sydney, and I actually accepted the offer there and actually paid my deposit. <laughs> so lost some money to Sydney. Yeah. Um, the only choice that I would have taken over that was Nova Southeastern in Florida. Yeah. Um, to- when I went there for the interview, I absolutely fell in love with the school. Everyone was so friendly. Their clinical program was amazing. The professors, everyone just, they really sold me on that school. So I was kind of banking on that as my, um, that was my first choice. And I luckily got in. So yeah, Florida it was. Okay, awesome. And it's, it's interesting. Um, so obviously, like I studied in Australia as well. I went to Melbourne uh, University, the dentistry there. Um, and I think Nova is a DMD program as well, right? Is there like yeah, a particular, because right. Sydney is DMD as well over Melbourne, which is like DDS. Did you have yeah. some, any like preference to that or is just like a pure coincidence? No, pure coincidence, honestly. Yeah, yeah. that aspect wasn't um, too big in my decision. But yeah, in Sydney, I think I got accepted before Melbourne. That's the only reason that one was. Yeah, that's how it usually goes. <laughs> I have uh, one of my... Uh, like friend's uh, stepbrother, he just, he went to Western as well, actually, and he just graduated this year. And um, he, you know, I've been helping him out because he's been uh, thinking of going to Australia for dental school. And awesome. uh, so similar to you, he got into Sydney and he put his deposit down. I think it was like $3,000 or something like along those lines. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, he just like last week or a couple of weeks ago got uh, into, uh, got into Melbourne. So he's messaging me and I'm trying to be like impartial and not biased. But I'm, I said, wow. uh, definitely Melbourne. I think just, yeah, I've, I had some friends that went to Sydney. I think Melbourne um, is a little bit better clinically because we sort of jump into clinic in second year, which is pretty cool compared, oh, to, compared to most programs. So um, yeah. it's interesting. You said like your parents went to U of T and uh, sort of the clinical stuff. 
from what you heard or from you know their experiences or their friends experience um, maybe the Canadian schools aren't you know exposing students to as much clinical um, procedures um, as some of the American yeah. schools or even the Australian schools um, like what did you hear about that and and sort of uh, what like was there uh, certain quotas that you had to you know fulfill in dental school and if so like just give me a rough idea of those numbers because I'm actually curious for myself I just want to see um, sort of like what I did in dental school um, and how like it sort of uh, measures up against what you guys did down in Florida. Yeah. So for our clinic, we started full time in third year. So third and fourth year, we were all fully in clinic. We also had evening clinics that we were able to do. So you basically could be as busy and do as much as you wanted to. And my goal for dental school was to kind of throw myself in there, do as much as I possibly could. Um, so quotas, I'd say they still don't set the bar too high for as much as you have to do. Um, but by the end of dental school, I did, I think it was 40 something crowns, wow, restorative. <laughs> we did. Yeah, we honestly, we had the opportunity to do a lot restorative. We did, I honestly don't even know how many <laughs> restorations, but by the end of it, it was like, I know I way surpassed the quota for that. And I think it was something like 250 was like the I think, or no, 290 was the requirement. For like restorations? For restorations, okay. yeah. Um, we got to crowns, restore. That's, that's crazy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was awesome. I mean, I also got very lucky with patients and having referrals from patients that all needed a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> and does, yeah. Um, is Nova, is there like uh, post-grad programs there as well, like special specialty training programs, or you guys were basically yeah. it? Or No, they have every specialty program. Um, so yeah, they had PROS, PERIO, endo oral surgery uh and then peds as well that's awesome because you know, a lot of times you know from what i'm hearing is uh the schools that have like the post-grad programs they sort of tend to like take all the good patients and all the bigger like you know endo cases or pros cases so it's not a lot that sort of trickles down to the dental students um yeah. so, it's, so it's pretty cool that you still had like that experience that's awesome so you must be pretty comfortable doing that kind of work now yeah, I mean, I really, I'm still learning a lot, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was. I had a great experience in school and did feel comfortable coming out, starting work, knowing that we were able to do that much. I guess. <laughs> That's great. So, um, you're in Vancouver, British Columbia now, is that right? Yes, that's right. Okay, so talk to me a little bit about, um, like, I, I know Vancouver, I mean, Toronto as well, like, you know, most major cities in North America is pretty saturated. Um, and Vancouver is, like, pretty famously saturated, I think. So uh, talk to me a little bit about your, you know, coming back um, back to Canada, moving to Vancouver, and sort of what you had in mind in terms of what you were looking for for an associateship position. Um, is there a certain type of practice, you know, like I noticed from your Instagram page that, you know, you're, you're seem to be like in a more high end sort of aesthetic type, uh, practice and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but so what was like your vision, like going into that, like what kind of stuff were you looking for or, um, how did you, you know, stumble upon the positions that you're in now? Uh, so my vision, my parents were both amazing dentists. They've always, they've always practiced putting the patient first. They were never really in it for the money. It was more about patient care and I guess the reason that I really wanted to go in it was I worked in their practice and I saw them transform patients that were terrified of the dentist into happy, comfortable experiences. Um, so that's the main thing that I was looking for when I was interviewing was which practice I would be happy in working for a dentist that I will learn a lot from at the same time as having that kind of family based care where, um, yeah, not 
strictly just production driven, I guess, but yeah. more so learning experience and working for good people. Um, so the two offices that I actually ended up at out here, they do happen to be cosmetic practices. <laughs> um, but both of the dentists are absolutely amazing. They do a lot of, a lot of implant dentistry, a lot of cosmetic stuff, and they're very, very willing to teach me. So any question that I have, I can, they give me an unbelievable answer. Um, and I think that's, yeah, that's the main thing I was looking for was someone that wanted to help mentor and teach as much as I yeah, as, as much as I could learn in the past, in the first few years. That's awesome. And so these guys that are, you know, the dentists that you work with, um, do they own just the one practice and you're there with them all the time? Or are you there by yourself sometimes? Or like, what's the arrangement like? Uh, so one, I'm there with him most of the time, but evenings, I some, I do some evenings on my own and weekends yeah. on my own. Okay. Um, the other one, we're there opposite days, but he'll actually come in on his days off to kind of talk to me about cases and that's so good. go over yeah. whatever. Yeah, that's yeah, really nice. What's your setup like? Um, I mean, the, I, don't, I don't have like a fantastic setup and that's why I, <laughs> I like talking to other people and seeing like what they're doing. Um, so it's pretty... In Toronto, like in the surrounding suburbs now, it's really becoming popular for, um, you know, the corporate sort of thing or even smaller offices where dentists will buy like two, two or three offices and sort of have associates working in them. Yeah. And and so those are most of the jobs that are usually available. So you, um, I start off, I sort of start off like you. I was more in the city when I first, um, you know, got back to Canada from Australia and started working. Um, there's a little bit of a more of a high end sort of office, like right in the you know midtown, like, you know, in a high like demographic area. Um, but I was by myself, and I didn't really have any mentorship opportunities as such. So um, it was a bit tricky, like just trying to figure everything out and like learn on the fly and and yeah. uh, try and you know try and do good work and and learn. Um, yeah. But I mean, that, the the benefit of it was I had to sort of extend up like on my own two feet and sort of figure things out. Um, but so yeah, like it's it's Pretty awesome. That <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's awesome that you have like um, I talked to another uh, dentist who's a friend of mine actually um, who just graduated a year ahead of me and from Melbourne, um, and he's out in British Columbia as well. And he got himself into a really good uh, group practice uh, where he's just getting like uh, loads of like mentorship and and he's like constantly busy, which is which is pretty cool as well. Um, so what like what type of procedures are you doing at work now? Um, and how are you getting patients? Are you just seeing the new patients or do the you know principal dentists sort of treatment plan and then just pass on work to you? Like, how's that working out? Uh, so mostly new patients. Um, the one office is right downtown Vancouver. So we get a lot of walk-bys. We get a lot of referrals from our own patients. Um, so it's actually so nice because I start out right from the new patient exam. Like the format that he has for his new patient exam is amazing too. So you really get to know your patient right from oh, yeah? the what's, start. What's that like so I, we do a lot of photos. So we take all the x-rays, take the photos, and then we actually go over everything with the patient. So you really get to know them, what they're looking for, kind of educate them on just basic dental knowledge. And then, yep. I don't know, I find it just kind of opens it up for conversation right away. So you know exactly what they want. You can kind of relate more to them and really take time. Um, yeah, that's been probably my favorite that's pretty part. Cool. So industry. this is like beyond just like intro photos, right? Like you take proper like frontal yeah, side and kind of thing oh yeah yeah i was stressed for probably three weeks learning his way that he does all the photos yeah. <laughs> but once i figured it out i'm so thankful and i honestly think i'll continue that throughout my dental career the way that he does yeah that's it. awesome i've been i've been uh slacking off on that front because like obviously i i started like my instagram page uh, a few months ago 
and I've been wanting to like get a proper camera and like take better quality pictures and all that. Um, but I've just been putting it off and just using like my iPhone or like intro oral cameras. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's a bit of that learning curve. But once you get it, I think it's like such a good um, investment because the patient can see things more clearly and you can talk to it more, cl- talk about it more clearly. Um, exactly. So, so yeah, it's get a whole cool. different perspective of what's going on inside their mouth. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. And uh, so what type of like procedures are you comfortable doing and what sort of stuff are you sort of passing up for now or are you kind of open to just doing everything and and sort of learning from like mistakes and stuff? Uh, so uh, I definitely have been learning a lot, but I'd say I'm still passing up like uh, maxillary molar endo. I'm not doing that yet. Yeah. Um, I just find that it would still at this point take me too long and it's easier for the patient and <laughs> and for myself to just give it uh, let a specialist do that. Yeah. Um, but most other endo I've been doing, I've been doing a lot of extractions. I love doing extractions. It's probably my favorite thing to do. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, we, and then again, yeah, crowns, most aesthetic. I do a lot of um, composite aesthetic yeah. restorations actually. They build so we have up a lot of younger stuff. patients at our office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but any full mouth rehab cases for now, I'm still giving to the other, the dentists that I work for. Cause I don't feel that I have enough. Yeah. Those um, are like a lot of things can go wrong in those cases. I feel like so I, even, I haven't even like begun to like think about doing anything like that yet. So exactly. There's so much to know and like I'll ask questions and try and learn from cases that I do give to them, but I don't, yeah, it's beyond my grasp at the moment for so sure. So where's like that, um, sort of confidence and comfort level coming in like tr- even like treatment planning this kind of stuff like did you like learn that in school or is that something you're just pretty naturally comfortable talking about like larger more expensive cases with your patients I would say school we had an advanced treatment planning course at our school that it was the associate dean that actually taught the class and it was unbelievable so we'd go through complex cases um, from start to finish, have to treatment plan them on our own. And then we'd have little study sessions to yeah. go over exactly what you do. That's great. And I think from that, and we also, I, I think the area that we were in, in Florida, we did get a lot of patients that needed full mouth rehab, needed a lot of different, um, yeah, different treatment plans. So I think from that really helped to get a kind of good starting grasp on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. I mean, that's like, that's a thing that I really had to, sort of overcome in the beginning because um i mean one of the drawbacks of like dental school in australia was uh, when patients come and see us it was free so it was usually like the healthcare like lower um sort of scs patients that qualified to come see us and when they saw us like all the treatment was free so like we never had to talk money to the patients and it's something that we didn't really develop that comfort level of um you know speaking about or or dealing with with the patient so when i got here and i sort of had to first of all, like learning the prices and seeing how expensive some, you know, things are. And like, um, it took me a while to even have the confidence to tell the patient, like, yes, you need this crown and it's going to cost, you know, like a thousand dollars kind of thing, even knowing that like, maybe I can't necessarily afford it like myself. So, um, exactly. um, so it's cool. I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting there now. And, and, um, so on, on Sundays I work in an emergency office, uh, which has been really cool because I see a lot of like cracked teeth, like teeth that had like endo done and didn't get a crown um wow. or you know large three or four so i'm seeing why it's so uh, necessary to get a crown basically like on certain teeth um so yeah. having seen that i understand the value now so i feel more comf- like confident um talking to patients and sort of um 
educating them about that. And I've seen a, a bit of a boost in that sort of case acceptance. So it's been pretty cool. Yeah, um, that's yeah. a big learning curve at first is just explaining everything in the yeah, proper way. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the pictures are, are helpful. I think I need to really start doing that and take the time and... and uh, yeah, it's worth it. It's stressful at first. Seems like you're taking way more time than you should be to yeah. get your photos ready. But once you get comfortable with it, it's... I find it's the biggest change mm -hmm. that I've seen in my patients and in my ability to explain things is using the photos. Yeah, awesome. And... Um, how like how busy are you like are you seeing like how many patients are you seeing on average per day kind of thing uh days are pretty so the one office i'm working at three days a week is full all the it's basically always busy oh, um nice. the dentist is the team dentist for the vancouver canucks he's been a cosmetic dentist out oh, here nice. for so long that's pretty cool yeah so do you get yeah, the players so coming in or yeah yeah we do yeah the players <laughs> their families and yeah yeah, yeah it's that, nice that's awesome yeah yeah, he sees like a lot of actors, actresses. He's a pretty high profile dentist. Oh, nice. So that's an awesome job to get. Yeah, great. Yeah, it's pretty been, cool. Yeah. It is. I've been thinking about that now. Like, um, yeah, I'm thinking if I have to relocate, like I, like I was talking uh, telling you before earlier, I might have to like move back to Australia maybe. Um, and if I do that, I think I want to maybe pursue like, because right now I work sort of like more like in smaller towns, like outside the city. Um, yeah. so it's not really like that high end sort of cutting edge, like dentistry. It's more like just bread and butter, like general dentistry. Um, yeah. but it'd be cool to be like in a, you know, sort of a high end office doing those kind of like veneer cases and more aesthetic stuff. So, uh, I might try and sort of get myself into one of those situations if I, if I can in the future, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'm honestly not doing as much of it at this point. I'm mostly referring and learning from them and letting them yeah. do most of that stuff. Um, I just don't feel I'm quite there yet. And I know the patients coming in wanting cosmetic work. Yeah, or they know exactly stakes. what they want and I want them to get exactly what they want. So still easing into that side of it. But yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. It's cool. Okay. Um, so uh, sort of the couple other things I wanted to uh, talk about in the in this episode with you was something that I recently started thinking about um, and it's sort of uh, like like fashion in the workplace because like I in um, so in dental school like we like we had to wear like sort of like you know business attire kind of thing and then we just wore like these like linen gowns on top of you know like our dress clothes um, yeah so I kind of like I had like a longing for just wearing scrubs so like ever since I got back I've just been wearing like scrubs every day at work I have the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> so like, exact I'm curious, opposite. I, I, I'm like curious to see like, do you like is that something like you think about like do like do the gender, the average dentist like think about that and like do you think it affects like the how the patient looks at you and sort of if they're like likely to accept cases or not accept cases based on like if you're wearing like you know like a nice dress shirt, dress pants, uh, versus like just wearing like Nike like running shoes and scrubs, which I've been doing so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's a good question. Honestly, my thing is that we wore scrubs every year in dental school yeah. from day one yeah. until the end of fourth year. And by the end of it, I was so sick of wearing scrubs all the time. So I loved it. But <laughs> I know they are so comfy, but I was so excited to actually wear professional dress yeah. that I love. I, I don't know. It's like my, one of my favorite things now is like going shopping for professional clothes yeah. <laughs> and actually being able to dress up nicely to go to work. And I just wear the white coat and I feel like another thing. I still look young, so I do yeah. kind of want to look a little bit more professional to try and sell myself a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, for sure. That's why point, I'm, uh, I'm growing out my beard to try and look a bit older. So. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes, yeah. right? <laughs> um, so you wear the white, like, so you wear a white coat all the time on top of your. Like, I do. Just like work clothes, right? 
Okay. Yeah, always white coat and then professional dress. Yeah. Did they like? But yeah, I've never like thought about the white coat because we never like it's not big in Australia. Like we don't even have like that sort of like white coat ceremony type thing in school. Um, oh so really? You, so you never see anyone like ever like even doc like physicians like they don't really wear white coats in the hospitals and stuff. So. Um, wow. it's like a bit strange like I feel like a bit like phony wearing it but um, maybe like interesting yeah um, but I think I, I have noticed like when I some days like if I'm just not super busy or just have like mostly like checkups or just like smaller procedures I'll wear like you know proper dress clothes and I'll go in and I do feel it makes a difference like I feel like the patients like sort of listen to me better no, like I'm just more credible I guess than just wearing like scrubs so um, yeah. Yeah, and I think in the, like, what do your parents wear? I mean, they've been doing it for a while. Like, do they wear? They did professional dress as well. They'd wear like scrub tops sometimes with dress pants, but usually. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I feel like also though, um, I don't want to say this in the wrong way, but I feel like men can get away with wearing scrubs more than women can. Mm-hmm. I feel like we are often they don't know that we're the dentist or they don't really. Uh, I guess yeah, that's a good point. That's yeah. I. I mean, that's like, I don't know if that's the best way to put it, but no, I, I, I know what you mean. For another sure. thing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's an interesting point. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I think I mean, especially like I guess, I guess it also depends like where you're working, right? Like if you're, like you said, like you're working like right downtown Vancouver, it's probably like a sort of a more of an expectation where you're gonna be more professionally dressed than maybe like you know, where I'm working like <laughs> smaller yeah. towns <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like but, the heart of financial districts so it's yeah, pretty exactly. everyone that comes in it's all like 25 to 35 year old young professionals mostly yeah. so it's plus you have yeah, the, you look the, the part. Yeah. plus you have the added benefit like if you have to go out after you're pretty good to go like I just I just feel like I walk around and I'm just wearing scrubs and I go into like get food or go to the gym after or something it just looks weird so <laughs> yeah I need to I need to change it up I think <laughs> I, know, I probably eventually will go back to scrubs too. So yeah. I don't <laughs> yeah. As you get more comfortable. <laughs> exactly. We're still, we're still fresh and new. So. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. So true. Um, so uh, with your Instagram page, um, I know like you're not super like active on there, but um, it seems like it's more like my sort of like what I'm seeing from Instagram basically is just to take a step back is, there's like types, different types of like pages, right? Different purposes of pages. Um, yeah. A lot of it is just like, you know, specialists uh, showing off to other specialists, like how good they are. Um, yeah. A lot of it, a lot of it is, you know, like, like yourself, like general dentists or even specialists, like, you know, marketing to get patients to come in. So using it as like a pretty, like a marketing uh, play. Um, yeah. Whereas like for me, I just did it as a sort of a hobby and just a way to like meet people. Like when I started the Instagram page, I knew my end goal was the podcast. So I wanted to just use that as a platform to like meet people and, and, you know, interact with them and get them on the show. Um, so how's, how's like the Instagram or even like, I'm not sure if you have stuff going on Facebook or if you're doing any other sort of, um, advertising for yourself as an associate. Um, but if you've been like doing it, has it paid off? And, and if you have any tips or anything, that'd be awesome for the listeners. Uh, honestly, I still don't really know what I'm doing with my Instagram page. I don't totally have a direction for it. I first, I was kind of thinking of it's more marketing or more just kind of getting myself out there, but I haven't really put, I need to put more thought into it and kind of get more direction. Um, I don't know my favorite, like some of my favorite dental accounts, like I love San Francisco dental nerd. I don't really follow him. Yeah. Yeah, his stuff is so funny. It's amazing, but he posts absolutely everything. It's a lot of work. It's like incredible yeah yeah oh i can't imagine how much work it's yeah but i also love 
like looking at different dental pages, looking at different posts. And I know my friends were getting really annoyed where my dental stuff would always come up on their home page <laughs> or on their popular pages. So I was yeah. like, yeah, I need a separate account where I can just lurk all my dental stuff and yeah. like whatever I want. That's what I had to do um, as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know they always send me like screenshots of all these teeth showing up. I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I don't know. I, guess I, I do need to put more thought into it and kind of really try to mm-hmm. get more direction with it. It's kind of all over the place right now, but yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, if, I'll be looking yeah. yours for tips. Yeah. <laughs> no, mine's very uh, immature level still. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I mean, I've talked to a few, I've interviewed a few people now and, and a lot of them are sort of using Facebook and Instagram and, and using it to sort of get more patients. Uh, so it's sort of like, like marketing themselves, like outside of their practice and, um, as an associate kind of thing, um, yeah. which is pretty cool. I think it's a new, cause I, I remember when I first started working, I was trying to like look into it and like, uh, search to see if there's resources or information or like, um, recommendations on, um, how, and even if like you should be advertising yourself as an associate, like, out, like outside of the practice doing it. Um, so I wasn't yeah. sure like how, like how that would work out if the, if you even need like permission or something of like the principal dentist that you're working with to kind of do that or, um, but it seems to be like, it's pretty like free for all. Like people are just doing it and having some pretty good success with it. So, um, I think I might need to sort of like start a new Instagram page too, and just gear towards, uh, more so marketing and trying to get more patients. Um, but it's good. Like you're lucky, like you're in a good situation where you're pretty busy. So I guess it's not an immediate sort of concern for you, but, um, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it was more of a long term thing because I know I will have to move around quite a bit in the next little while. So yeah. just so that I could kind of adapt to wherever I'm going and at yeah, least have something sure. started there. And so, how yeah. is the um, so I mean, coming from the US, like you just have to do the Canadian board exam too, right? And then you're pretty much good to go, or yep. So, I did, I did both board exams and then yeah, just the application for the license. It really wasn't that tricky to do yeah. the transfer over at all. Yeah. And in the U.S., how's the work? Is it like each state has their own license? Or if you get your Florida one, you can just work anywhere in the U.S.? Uh, the one that we did in Florida is for 36 states. So oh, nice. basically, okay. other than I think New York, you need to do a residency or be practicing for at least five years to work there. And okay. Cali, you need to take a separate board. But beyond that, most states that you would probably want to end up in, yeah. um, with the with the one that I took, you can end up there. Okay, that's pretty cool. So what's like your, yeah. um, I mean, obviously you're just starting out now, like what's your sort of like plan for the like next like three to five years? Um, do you want to just stay as an associate or do you want to sort of set up your own shop or? Uh, I would want to set up my own, um, but my boyfriend's career is short and for now I'm following him until he's done and then it's my turn. So yeah. <laughs> um, for now I'm just going to be an associate for the next little while until I can actually settle down in one place. Okay. That's pretty cool. What does your boyfriend do? That's like a short career. Uh, he plays professional hockey. So oh, yeah? He, nice. Yeah. So uh, he plays for the Canucks, I'm assuming. <laughs> he does. Yes. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, I guess he's, yeah, cool. he can get traded and stuff. So it's a bit tricky for you, right? Like just to know, how things are yeah it could literally happen at any time anywhere yeah. so it's kind of it's very different i'm such a planner i'm so used to always knowing what's next yeah it's kind of sure. made me take a step back and just go day by day but yeah <laughs> um yeah that's for pretty now, cool. just i mean flipping yeah. around. i mean I've, i'm not uh dating a hockey player but uh, like my like I, I told you before like my wife so my wife's like finishing up her school now um so she's going to be applying for sort of like residency positions in like the upcoming year um, 
and then so I'm like kind of in the same boat as you in that like I don't know like where I'm gonna end up necessarily like in, in a year's time, um, which is like really hard for me because like, going through dental school, um, I was just like really focused on like the business side of dentistry and and you know getting a practice and you know all the all the things that um, sort of go along with that. Um, yeah. But now that sort of like I'm in a bit of a limbo, I've sort of like uh, changed my mentality and I'm sort of trying to just be like a really like a better dentist kind of if that makes exactly. sense like I'm just trying to like you know be a good clinician because I know like the business side is on hold for a little bit um yeah. so that's why I'm like one is just starting this podcast has been like a nice hobby too just to try and meet people and get inspired and sort of um you know learn and do better work uh, but it's cool like it's something that I never like thought I would like I didn't want to be a bad dentist, but like I didn't want to be like the best. You know what I mean. Whereas now, yeah, um, I have this like, and I'm a competitive guy. I just like, it's like yeah. a completely like different mentality, right? So it's pretty cool. So exactly. I think you're in the same boat. So I just, I guess you just take it as it comes, right? Just try and do the best as you can right now, yeah. and, then, and be ready for when it's the opportunity nice comes up. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's good too to be able to actually focus on that side of it because I'm seeing. The dentist that I work for, the ownership side of it is a whole other story. And I know I'm definitely not quite ready to deal with all that yet either. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. And um, have you, like, you know, coming out of school, did you ever have thoughts of, like, specializing or anything like that? Is that something that ever crossed your mind or not really? Uh, If I did, it would be oral surgery, I think. But, yeah. um, Yeah. But that's another five years, and at this that's, point, I'm yeah, it's not. <laughs> I, I mean, was, I still would potentially consider it in the future. Yeah, because I think there's four-year programs, right? Sorry, what were you gonna say? Um, I'm like I same as you, because when I was going through dental school, um, probably about like second year, I was like fully like committed to like bec- like doing oral surgery. Um, so that's what I was, I was gunning for that, like coming through like third and fourth year. Um, but then it's. Re- to stay in Australia and do oral surgery, it's like a really, it's, it's more of like the UK model. So you basically like you finish dental school and then you go and do med school, like all four years of med school. And, wow. and then you sort of start the training process. So it takes like, it's like eight, nine years. It's like insane, like after dental school. So um, I knew oh I, I, I knew that I didn't want to do it there. And then coming back to Canada from Australia. Um, and I think that's one of the advantages that you have, like going to the US over going to like Sydney is um, you have more options for specializing. Uh, which is pretty cool because a lot of the uh, American programs, uh, especially especially in oral surgery, when I was looking into it, they don't really accept many international students. Uh, really? So, so majority of them, you had to be like a North American graduate, sort of like a Canadian or American school to get into. Oh, interesting. Um, I would never have thought about that. Yeah. So that's like, uh, yeah, for if anyone who's listening or, you know, considering going abroad or is abroad, that's one of the things. Like, I mean, it had like crossed my mind briefly, but I didn't, it wasn't real until I sort of, was in like you know um, end of third year and I was looking into programs and like cutoffs and sort of um, entry requirements and I started realizing that and I was like oh man like it's pretty tricky if I like there's only a, like a handful of schools that I could have applied to um, and wow. even in, in Canada as well um, I think not all this I mean there's not many programs to begin with for oral surgery in Canada but um, even right. within those like half of them we I, I wasn't eligible to apply for so um, so that's why I kind of gave up on those dreams and uh became more oh, focused wow. in fourth year on like the business side of it so but yeah, yeah. it's a cool i think oral surgery like it's so and i was talking to um scott who's uh, like i was telling you he's a dentist out in uh, bc as well it's so like immediate and i think that's what i love about it like you get the tooth out and you're done and like 
you get that immediate like feedback of like success which is pretty yeah. cool because like a lot of stuff like if you do endo like you're not sure if it's going to heal you have to like monitor for a little bit or um all this stuff but when you do like an extraction like there's like a definitive like start and finish which is pretty sweet it's so true i think that's yeah that must be what I don't know. I absolutely love it. I get so excited when I see extractions in my schedule. <laughs> Are you doing like uh, wisdom teeth and stuff too, or just more straightforward ones for now? Uh, yes, but all, again, case selective wisdom teeth, not anything too crazy yet. Yeah. So yeah, you just need do, more continuing ed first. <laughs> yeah. Are you doing it just under local or are you doing like sedation or? Local, I'll do oral sedation, but the offices I work at actually don't have nitrous. I would like to work with nitrous a lot, but yeah, um, yeah they don't have it so just oral and local okay that's not bad and yeah. um, what about what are you working with um so with like i just i mean in ontario um so you can do mild like oral sedation so like small doses of like traslam or like diazepam um without a yeah. permit uh but if you and you can do nitrous by itself without a permit but if you want to mix like oral sedation and nitrous um because the patient sort of transitions into like a more moderate sedation um, you have to have yeah. a permit for that. So I just recently did the course for it. So um, I actually just today I got the email back from the college. So I got my uh, basically you get a temporary permit and you have like um, three months to submit five cases back to the college and then they'll review it and um, and make sure you're doing everything like safely. And then you get like your full license to be able to do like moderate sedation. Um, oh, so it's pretty cool. I have like a, um, a nice uh, full clearance case and like immediate dentures uh, booked in for next week. Um, awesome. so I'm, I'm going to do that with, uh, the moderate sedation. So I'll, I'll give the oral sedation plus the nitrous. Uh, it's a pretty an- anxious patient too. So yeah, that's pretty exciting. Um, yeah, it's cool to, uh, I'm jealous of the guys that do like IV sedation. We have, uh, in my office in Barrie that I work at, uh, we have a dental anesthetist that works there. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so he trained in uh, New York and he's working there now and it's so peaceful. Like patients come in, he puts them to sleep and he does like big cases. So he'll spend like, you know, five hours, like fixing everything. Um, wow that's all, really cool and it's all quiet and it's just like got the beeping of the machine going like the patient's not complaining so it's relaxing. just like it's a dream <laughs> I want to go and get my IV that's sedation that's awesome <laughs> really pain free dentistry yeah yeah it's yeah awesome. no kidding that's amazing that's pretty cool wow and uh, what are you doing for like I know you I mean you've been how long have you working now like, uh, like since August, August. So, oh, so not that long yet early days yeah I got the uh, since the end of July and um, have you, because I know when I first, I mean, I've been about um, probably like eight, nine months now, so a little bit longer than you. Um, I know the first few like months, I was so overwhelmed with like how much um, variety and options there are for like continuing education classes. Um, yes. So I didn't even like, I didn't know, I didn't know where to start. I was like, do I, like, what do I even do? Like, what's going to be like a high, high return on investment? Um, should I focus on endo? Should I focus on like oral surgery a bit more or um have you thought about that at all and like and if you have like what stuff are you like have have done or planning on doing in the near future uh so i have and i honestly i feel the same way as you very overwhelmed the dentist i first started working for he's very very into continuing ed he does all smile design courses and he at first was kind of telling me to do everything meanwhile i'm looking at my debt and i'm like i'm not getting paid yet i have no money what (laughs) am i how am i supposed to do it's so expensive too yeah Oh, it's crazy. So now I'm considering it more. I did, I just did the Invisalign course. That's the only one I've done so far. Oh, nice. Um, But I am hoping to next year do, there's a smile design course out here that's amazing. So I want to do that. It's kind of like DSD, like the digital smile design software, like 
program or no it's through it's through a dentist that just works out here and he does yeah it's being uh yeah just a, a personal smile design course where you do one day prep and then you all insert on one day and he does a day of lecture too it's um that's pretty cool yeah yeah, it seems pretty cool. So I do want to do that. I do definitely want to do a lot more endo courses. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where I'm starting with at this point. It's interesting. You said you know, you're you're more comfortable doing like mandibular molars than maxillary molars. Yeah. I don't that's, know why. I like, I, I hate like more, like, I don't know why. I just, um, like I, I would, I'd rather do like a maxillary like any day over. I just struggle so much with like lower molars, like getting into like the mesial canals. Like it just takes me like, half the time I'm just trying to like find actual like even once I access and everything and everything's like going well like just to get it back yeah. into the canal just takes me forever because it's so hard to angle for me I don't know I don't know what it oh, is oh I it find just, that like, with second molars for sure too yeah and maxer I honestly just haven't done enough yet I think yeah. to and the radiographs too I think having a good assistant to take the radiographs yeah, for that tricky. is also yeah. what are you guys so using in your office fun. do you have the uh, like just pro taper or like wave one or Wave one. Yes. The guy that designed that actually, the professor is at my school. So our school was huge on wave one. Oh, really? That's pretty cool. So you yeah. like trained on that? Sorry? You trained on wave one, like in dental school? Yeah. Wave one. And then we did gutta core was the other method that we learned. We actually never did lateral condensation in school. Oh, okay, though. <laughs> cool. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, what did you guys learn? So we, like we, we had a pretty strong endo program in Melbourne. Uh, the faculty there is like pretty like well known there so they sort of invent like i guess like created their own protocol um so it was it was, not, it was rotary as well but it was a system called like m2 uh which i haven't okay. i haven't really seen here so they kind of use like two different systems and uh, but it was like a lot of measurements um so i haven't like i haven't really done that since but we did yeah lateral condensation for optrading uh but here i've been okay. using uh like half my offices have pro taper and then half uh, like wave one um, yeah. so I've been using I prefer pro taper I just like I like the feel of it a bit better than the reciprocating for wave one but um, it's it's easier right wave one like it's just a one file so if it's like a more straightforward case um, usually yeah it works out works out pretty well um, I had one today I was um, so I started this new um, office it's at York University um, so they don't have a they don't have a dental school at, at this university so there's like a private dental office on campus um, so, oh, it's a, cool. so it's really busy and like a lot of students like students come through um, and I and a lot of the dentists uh, they don't like doing endo there so I just kind of I wasn't super busy so I kind of put my hand up and I was like yeah I'll, I'll do it I'll, I'll take the endo, endo cases um, so they booked a, a couple in for me like you know in the past couple of weeks and I had sort of one today it was a lower uh, it was a um, it was a four six and again like it just took me so long trying to get into the canals each time that it, like I was like running out of time so I just sort of I had to like stop halfway. I just put some like calcium hydroxide in and had to convince the poor guy to come back, come back another point. And there's students too, right? There's like 18. They're like, man, I don't want to come back. I'm like, I'm like, sorry. Like, I have yeah. To. <laughs> yeah. This is, it was a bit tough, but um, no, it's a good experience. Yeah. I that's think, what I, yeah like, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, that's what I find with endo for now is I'm still very, I mean, which I don't think is a bad thing, but very meticulous and slow. Yeah. And I would never want to rush it. So I do always warn patients ahead of time that they could go and get it done very quickly by the specialist or if they are willing to be patient, <laughs> that they can go with me. That's still where I'm at right now because yeah. I'm not but I think that's ready the best. to start like, rushing endo. Yeah, <laughs> the communication is so important, right? So if you if they know what they're going into before you start and then um, you can't really complain. 
That's awesome. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Endo's, Endo's one of those, I think it's one of those things where when you're a new grad, I know like I have friends from dental school, like, I talk to them and they're like, oh man, I'm not doing more Endo anymore, like screw it, like it's, like, it's, not, it's not worth it for me. And I think it's like, it's too yeah. early, like we're too early in the game to like stop doing procedures like full stop. Like I think it's good to like push ourselves a bit and even if we get stuck a little bit or if like you said, we're a bit slower and have to like break it up into a couple appointments, worst case. Um, I think it's yeah. definitely still worthwhile to do it than to just say, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to do extractions or I'm not going to do endo or... Um, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. I had a case with my first retreat actually where I went in. I um, So it was... I think it was previously done in Croatia nice. and you could see obviously that the previous dentist had missed a canal. You could see it from the radiograph. So, yeah. so, so I went in and it turns out he perked on the canal that he didn't fill. He opened up the access to all of them. It was yeah. right there, right in front of you. And he perked and just sealed up the other two and then called it a day. <laughs> Um, so for me, that was like, I was kind of, I felt defeated because I was like, oh, I thought I could do this. And then you open up into it and you see what, yeah. That so what'd you do? Did you refer? Or? So that one ended up having to come out. Um, yeah. it was, yeah, it was I mean, that it's like bad a long, it yeah, long standing perfect. It can't be good. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, I guess learned a huge so lesson. So you do retreats. That That's pretty fancy. <laughs> I have yeah. I, I don't feel comfortable like enough, like to do retreats yet. Like, um, I need to get like the regular endo down pretty comfortably and then I'll start doing a bit of retreat. Yeah, that's where I don't think I'm doing any more for a while because now I see that there's usually a pretty good reason why yeah. it needs to be retreated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's like the worst thing. Like you'll, even like with like rest, like restorations and stuff, you'll see something and you're like, man, like I could do that so much better. And then you get into it and you're like, no wonder like the dentist did it this way because like the patient's like a gag exactly. or like, it's just like, it's, it's so like you learn that quickly. Like don't just to, uh, not to judge like other people's work because you don't know like the yeah. circumstance. So true. Very humble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You learn a lot. And yeah. So, I mean, we're both pretty new. Like I haven't, I think that's going to be a whole new thing. Actually just recently we had a patient come back for a recall and because um, now I'm sort of going like I've been at my offices for like six months or so so some of them are coming back and like radiographs are due and uh, we took the like a set of bite wings and then I look at this filling I'm like who did this like it's terrible and then they're like oh you did and I was like oh my god like, <laughs> so I had to like, so I told the patient I'm like I'm sorry like I have to redo this and yeah <laughs> so it's pretty embarrassing so I think that's going to be a the next few months are going to be a whole whole bunch of uh, fingers crossed every time someone takes a radiograph that yeah. <laughs> nothing is like disastrous. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, learn from our own yeah. mistakes sometimes, unfortunately, yeah. but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. I think that's like, it's new, right? Because in dental school, like we're not there long enough to see our stuff start to fail. So yeah, like, we think we're perfect. And then now it'll start to come back and we'll see. And you're like, oh man, I need to, I need to shape up a little so bit true. <laughs> So true. So true yeah awesome so um thanks a lot for coming on the show uh it was nice to get your perspective on things and it was interesting like the backstory of you know you went to the same undergrad and you almost went to australia as well so that was pretty cool i know and uh, and your parents are working in the same town as that i'm working in right now so uh maybe like i'll like maybe we'll we'll get in touch later on and it'd be cool to like maybe reach out to them and see what they're doing and see where they're working because um like we're right in the same town so it'd be nice to go see them maybe yeah um that's awesome small world for sure. <laughs> yeah for sure that's awesome um so yeah i'm looking forward to some uh some more instagram posts from you um, i'll be I working saw that, on it uh, 
I saw that uh, interior case you did. That was pretty cool with the post. Yeah, it was, a, back up. it was a fun one. <laughs> it honestly yeah, didn't yeah. aesthetically turn out how I would have liked it. And the first time I got it back, the, um, I actually had to send it back to the lab because the first time they sent it back to me, everything that they possibly could have done wrong with it went wrong. They were like open oh, yeah. contacts, open margin. But um, but yeah, well, it turned out well, but I st- there were things I'd still think. How does that, I've been thinking about that. Like, how does that work? So does the lab just do it for free again? Or like, they do. It, like, do we like, yeah. Okay. So if you send something back, they'll, they'll eat the cost and they'll just redo it. Yeah. Yeah. I sent back pictures because it was, it was actually absolutely every aspect of it. The color I'd even sent yeah. in the previous crown and they sent the color mm-hmm. was completely off everything. And they just, yeah, they sent a new one. They just okay, called nice. me yeah, to explain what my, I wanted. Um, and <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, I did my first, uh, first like interior crown, like on a two one. So I'm getting it back. I'm cementing it tomorrow actually. So, um, I'm a bit nervous to see how it turned out from the lab. Awesome. Um, Cause yeah, those like the, the posterior teeth, like you don't really care too much, right? As long as the margins are good and the contacts good, like I'm not too bothered with like yeah the occlusal anatomy and like all that stuff. But yeah, the interior ones, like there's a, there's a certain uh, amount of finesse that needs to go into it. So yeah, hopefully, especially hopefully it hopefully comes back. One. <laughs> Like that's yeah, the toughest exactly. thing to do. I, oh man! So good luck. <laughs> it might be a, <laughs> might sure be a good learning opportunity. Like, it'll be on Instagram. So if it's terrible, like, either way, I put. I got, and I think one thing that I've got good feedback from is like I'll just put up anything. Like I'm not trying to like, uh, just like pretend like I'm just doing a fantastic work. Like yeah, uh, even if something's not going well, I'll just put it up anyways because you know someone else can learn from it like I did too. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll I'll put that one up tomorrow. So we'll I will look goes. forward to seeing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome it was awesome. nice talking Thanks to you thanks a lot for yeah you too hopefully in the future we'll maybe do another round and and we'll see how things are progressing for you definitely thank you have a nice night thank you bye